0: You're listening to a podcast from Vineyard Church of Augusta. For more information, visit vineyardaugusta.org. The message series is called Entrusted, and it asks this question. It asks the question is my life really mine to do whatever I want to do with it? Is it is it really mine or have I been given all that I've been given by God, my, my breath, uh, my physical well-being, my intellect, the talent skills, uh, time, energy, relationships, resources, whatever I have been, whatever I quote-unquote have, has God given those to me for a reason? And I would say, yes, he has given them to us for a reason. And that's what uh, this series is about, the fact that everything, 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 That has been entrusted to me and to you uh, is to be given to us, to be uh, used for God's glory and for the well-being of those around us. And if we look at the whole of Scripture, uh, if we take a big picture look at all of God's Word, the Bible, we'll find this out. That God entrusts us with good gifts so that, that we might do that, we might use them to honor Him. And, and to benefit the world around us. That, that's uh, how he wants us to look at our time and our relationships, our physical well-being, our resources, everything that we have. This morning, I want us to look at one of Jesus' parables Uh, It's one that we find near the end of the Gospel of Matthew. Uh, A parable is often defined this way, as a a usually short, fictitious story that can illustrate a moral attitude or a religious principle. But one of my favorite New Testament scholars, N.T. Wright, uh, begs to differ. In his book, Simply Jesus, Wright says this. He says, whatever the parables are, they are not, as children are sometimes taught in Sunday school, earthly stories with heavenly meaning. Rather, they are expressions of Jesus' shocking announcement that God's kingdom was arriving on earth as it is in heaven. And I encourage you, as you read the parables, to maybe look at it from that vantage point if you haven't before. Let me read that again. Jesus' shocking announcement that God's kingdom was arriving on earth as in heaven. This morning, we're going to be looking at a parable in Matthew 25. We're calling this message, Handling the Master's Wealth. It's the parable of the talents, and it's the last of a series of parables recorded in the Gospel of Matthew. And as we read and unpack it this morning, I hope that you will see that being a good steward of all that God has entrusted for us, is, is good for the world around us, but it's also really, really good for us as well. As we faithfully and creatively, faithfully and creatively steward all of God's gifts to us, we will see his kingdom advanced and we will experience his joy in our lives. So if you have your Bibles, I invite you to turn with me to Matthew 25. We're gonna begin at verse 14. This passage is a lengthy passage. It's also going to be on the screen for you as well. Matthew writes, and again, he's continuing in a series of parables. This is the next one in that series. Again, it will be like a man going on a journey who called his servants and entrusted his wealth to them. To one he gave five bags of gold, to another two bags, and to another one bag, each according to his ability. The man who had received five bags of gold brought the other five. Master, he said, you entrusted me with five bags of gold. See, I have gained five more. His master replied, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Come and share your master's happiness." The man with two bags of gold came also. Master, he said, you entrusted me with two bags of gold, and see, I had gained two more. His master replied, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Come and share your master's happiness. And then the man who had received one bag of gold came. Master, he said, I knew that you are a hard man, harvesting where you have not sown and gathering where you have not scattered seed. So I was afraid, and I went out and hid your goal in the ground. See, here is what belongs to you. His master replied, You wicked, lazy servant. So you knew that I harvest where I have not sown and gather where I have not scattered seed. Well, then you should have put my money on deposit with the bankers So that when I returned, I would have received it back with interest. So take the bag of gold from him and give it to the one who has 10 bags. For whoever has will be given more and they will have an abundance. Whoever does not have, even what they have will be taken from them. And throw the worthless servant outside into the darkness where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Uh, a hard, a hard saying, a parable that we're going to uh, attempt to unpack this morning. Would you pray with me, Father, Son, Holy Spirit? We welcome you. We we've, we've welcomed you with our worship. We open our hearts and our minds and our whole beings to you. God, you are good, and everything that we have is from you, and we acknowledge that. And we ask this morning that you would come and. And just open our hearts and our lives and our eyes and our ears to see and to hear what you are calling us to to trust you with and regarding. God, thank you for all the gifts that you've entrusted to Vineyard Church of Augusta, all the abilities, all the resources, all the interests, the talents, everything, God, that you have given us. Help us to be good stewards for your glory and honor and for the well-being of our community and the world around us, we pray these things in Jesus' name, Amen. Amen. All right, so we're looking at Matthew 25 this morning, and this is a, this is one of those uh, those parables that it's important not to read the wrong things in this. When we hear the word talent. We often think about like musical abilities, artistic abilities, uh, a, maybe a very specific skill, um, maybe you know someone that has tremendous acumen in, in engineering or mechanics or electronics. Uh, but in this story, Jesus uh, is talking about a very different thing. It's a, a very specific amount of money, and it's a big amount of money. Uh, the the idea behind a talent is that it would be the total of an average worker's wages for 20 years. Think about that. Now, in today's average salary, let's say we took an average salary of, say, $60,000. And and I'm not going to sit here and argue with whether that's realistic or not. But if we think in those terms, 20 years, $60,000 a year, we're looking at $1.2 million. And so... He gave, in this parable, the master is giving the equivalent for us today of $10 million to these three guys, or these three people. He's giving $10 million, and, and obviously the master is very rich. And, and one of the things that's important for us to realize, and I think this speaks of our master, our Lord and our Savior, is that our generous God, he is so incredibly generous, and he entrusts us with the wealth of his kingdom. And it comes in all kinds of shapes and sizes, forms and expressions. And, and we need to, to recognize that, it, that, that he is very generous and that we need to trust him with what he has entrusted to us. Uh, I believe that Jesus is, is deliberately vague. You'll read uh, different translations that will say talent. In this particular one, the New International Version, he says specifically bags of gold. But I think the main thing that Jesus is wanting to get across, because remember, these are parables pointing to the kingdom of God. And it's about all the resources that God has entrusted to us, whether they are money, abilities, special skills, intellect, health, relationships, influence, whatever it is, God has entrusted these to us so that they can be multiplied. We're responsible for multiplying, developing, and nurturing them for the glory of God, for the honor of God, and the well-being of the world around us. So what are your talents? What are your talents? If someone were to come up to you, Chris, Chris, what are your talents? And you, you, Chris could give me a very long list of his talents. He's a very talented man and very skilled man. A lot of, a lot of talents, a lot of abilities. But, I, but think about that. What, what are the talents, the skills, the entrustments that God has, has given you? And, and don't put on the false humility, okay? That doesn't honor God. God has given you skills. He's given you interest and passions and abilities. He's given you favor in certain areas. So acknowledge that he has given them to you. Acknowledge that it's not just for your well-being. Acknowledge those things and, and, and say, okay, these are the things that I've been given. Am I working to develop them, to see them grow, to see them being utilized in a way that honors God and blesses those around me. Is that something that we're doing? And I'm having problems with my iPad this morning because I am not gifted in technology. So I apologize. But he's given given us this responsibility to multiply, to make whatever we've been given, to let it grow and develop and and make it better. Um, With the two servants, we see a quick response to what God's given them, what the master's given them in this story. A quick response. They go to it. They put it to work. And and we see the one who's given five, he comes back, he doubles it. He now has ten. The one who's given two, he goes, he multiplies it, he doubles it, he comes back, he now has four. And, and, And the servant who received the one talent, what did he do? He went and buried it. Why did he do that? I think it has a lot to do with maybe how he viewed the master. How he viewed the master. Remember uh, in verse 24, the man who would received one bag of gold came and said, Master, I know you are a hard man. I know you are a hard man. I was afraid. I went out and I hid your gold in the ground. Let me say this. Regardless of the quality or the quantity of the talents, the entrustments, that God has given to us. It is important for every one of us to know that God is for us. He loves us. We need to know Him as He truly, truly is. And, and my, my hope and my prayer for all of us this, this new year and, and every day of every year is that we would eagerly desire to grow in intimacy with God. And also in our experience, our knowledge, our experience of his goodness, of his faithfulness, of his love. So that we can know uh, this, this God. We can draw closer to him and we can trust him and his good work in our lives. And when I say to do this, the eagerly desire to grow in intimacy, it's, guys, it's, it's the stuff you've heard me preach about for years. And, and as long as I'm in this role, you're going to continue to hear me preach about it. Because there is no new thing when it comes to growing in God's love, okay? In fact, be very suspicious if somebody comes and say, hey, I've got this new thing to help you grow in God's love. It's the simple things of spending time in prayer, simply talking to God, communing with him, spending time in his word uh, where we know more of who he is and what he's about and what he's promised to us as his creation, and we do these things not to check off a a, a spiritual checklist for some sort of religious routine that we need to do to earn God's favor or his his approval, but we do these things in order to draw closer to God and to know more of his love and his goodness in our lives. That's why we're doing this. I wanna encourage you, grow in intimacy with God, grow in, in your experience of his love, um, this parable was one of several uh, that Jesus gave after his triumphal entry into Jerusalem. What we look back on as, as Palm Sunday, coming as the king on the donkey, as a crowd waved the palm branches, welcoming him into Jerusalem. Uh, Jesus was going there to hold his servants, namely the religious leaders of the day, accountable. And the Lord holds us accountable for improving on everything he's given to us. I know that our culture, our world doesn't we don't want to be held accountable do we? We don't want to be held accountable for our actions. We want to just be able to do whatever we want to do and, you know, just well whatever happens happens. But we are to be held accountable and and there will be a, a day of reckoning a judgment day, and again, our secular world, and even part of the Christian world is not comfortable with that idea, but that's something that's very, very clearly laid out for us uh, in, in Scripture, that we are to be accountable. The Lord holds us accountable for improving on everything that he's given to us. And we read in this parable where the master, he goes away. After a long time, the master of the servants returns, and he settles accounts with them. One thing that the Lord will hold us accountable for is how we handled whatever he entrusted to us, whether it's a day, whether it's a talent, whether it's a special honor, or he gave us, maybe uh, we were entrusted with a, a special responsibility or a level of power. How did we handle that? Did we improve on it? Did we use it for his honor and for his glory? This mandate was one that God gave all of humanity, starting right back at the very beginning. If we roll back and look at Genesis, the very beginning of Genesis, uh, the, the Lord gave the mandate to, to the man in, in Genesis chapter 2, verse 15, the Lord God took the man, put him in the Garden of Eden to work it and to take care of it. That was the very original mandate that God gave to humanity before the fall, okay? This was not a a consequence of their sin that happened later. This is just the original mandate that God gave humanity. God created the beautiful Garden of Eden, and he placed it in the midst of our beautiful earth. He gave Adam and Eve uh, this mandate to work it, to take care of it, stewarding it, developing it in a uniquely human way in partnership with him. God wanted Adam and Eve and he wants all of humanity and that includes you and me to partner with him in the ongoing development of creation that he has entrusted to us. He wants us to take the raw materials that is our world and he wants us to, to work with him in partnership with him in arranging them, developing them, using them for their highest possible benefit for honor to God and the well-being of the world around us. This is something that theologians call the, the cultural mandate, that cultures advance as people learn how to cultivate all of the resources that God gives us through science and technology, through art and literature, agriculture, engineering, medicine, whatever it is that we take those resources and we don't make them just about us. But we say, God, how could we utilize these things to to honor you and to benefit the world around us? And let me say this, the goal of human history is not for us to return to the Garden of Eden, okay? I don't believe it is. I believe it is to improve on the garden. You say, well, Reese, that was perfection. That was a beginning point of perfection that God gave us to partner together with God in bringing about the new Jerusalem that we read at the end of the story. Have you read the whole story? Because there is a new Jerusalem coming that Revelation points to that where we will find a perfect and beautiful assortment of, of everything good. And I believe that there are going to be things in that new Jerusalem that, that humans have made in cooperation and partnership with God, that He's going to take the very best of human culture. He's going to cleanse it of sin and selfish ambition and all kinds of unpure motivations. And they're going to be a part of, of this new Jerusalem, this new creation God says, improve on what I have entrusted to you. And he's going to hold me accountable for what he's given me. He's going to hold you accountable for what he's given you. God entrusts us with these gifts so that we can use them, again, to honor him, to benefit the world around us. But let me also say this. God also will bless us as we are faithful to do this. We will experience the joy of the kingdom of God, joy in every area of our lives where we honor God and where we welcome his rule and reign. The kingdom of God, the active rule and reign of God is what Jesus taught us to pray for. It's what Paul talks about in Romans 14. He says, the kingdom of God, it's not about keeping, again, this religious mandate of rules No, it's about experiencing the joy and the peace of God and having him come and set to right that which is wrong. This is the kingdom of God. Remember the master's response to his servants who improved on what he entrusted to them. He said, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Come and share your master's happiness His joy, God wants to give us his joy. He wants wants this thing of of honoring him with what he's entrusted to us. He wants it to be an experience of joy and it will be as we do this. There is tremendous benefit and tremendous blessing as we steward well all that God gives us. I'm not asking you to make another New Year's resolution today. I mean, how many of us have already broken the ones we, we, we set out with on January 1? This is not about making some sort of New Year's resolution, but I am asking you to do this today. I am asking you to do this, to commit to health and to growth in every area of your life. That's pretty grand, isn't it? That's a pretty grand request to make, but let me, let me break it down. What if we just begin by taking small steps in one specific area? And I'm not going to tell you what that is. That's a conversation that you need to have with the Holy Spirit, that you need to ask the Lord just to to show you to, you know, God, what is it that you're calling me to give my time and energy? What have you entrusted to me? Maybe it's your your relationship with him. I know that's his desire for all of us. And we're going to be talking more about that, the development and the entrustment of our spiritual lives and what we're doing to grow in that. Maybe Maybe it's a relationship, an important relationship in your life. Maybe it's your marriage. What are you doing to to improve your marriage? Or or what are you doing to improve your relationship with your children? Maybe it's something in the area of a skill or an ability. Maybe it's taking a class or reading a book or going back to school or or, uh, getting your finances in order. Maybe it's starting a new business. God's given you a dream a long time ago. He's given you the abilities. He's connected you with with resource people that could help you with this. And you have taken what God has given you and you've dug a hole because of fear. And you've put it in the ground. And God doesn't want you to lose out on the joy that he has. And it's about committing to small incremental growth. Take that first step, whatever that is whether it's an exercise program to be healthier physically, whether it's starting to see a counselor to grow and to be healthier mentally, Uh, whatever it is, begin with that small steps. And and as you do that, know yourself and recognize the role that fear plays in your thinking and your decision-making. And that goes for all of us. That goes for all of us. The the one who buried his talent told the master that he was afraid. What are you afraid of? What are you afraid of when it comes to entrusting God, uh, the things that God has entrusted to us? What, What are you afraid of? I know for myself, as I look back and as I reflect, particularly over the big picture of my life, you know, one of the things that I came to terms with a long time ago is my fear of failure. Very, very real thing. And how that impacted a number of things that I chose to do in my life and also things that I chose not to do. Um, one example I've shared with this with you before, when I was in, in, in high school and in middle school and high school, I was very strong academically. I did really well in music um, and I, you know, I was good in those kind of things. And I didn't do team sports. Uh, I was a good athlete, but I knew I probably wouldn't be one of the best. And I just was afraid that I wouldn't measure up. And I chose not to do team sports. And that's something I really regret because I know I missed out on a lot of really wonderful experiences uh, not having that, that, that would have impacted a lot. I, you know, and, and that's something that, that, uh, that I really regret. Um, and no, I'm not trying out for the NBA this year. <laughs> uh, I, I'm not doing that because we all have limitations, and very real limitations. And uh, that's uh, one that I'm, I'm acutely aware of as I stand here at 5'9", Okay. So, but but it is that thing of recognize the role that 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 fear has. Um, some of, some of the other ways that fear enters the picture is that sometimes. Fear rears its ugly head through comparison. Well, God, you only gave me one gift. You gave him five. So I'm, I'm you know, what's up with that? I'm, I'm just going to take my, my one gift and I'm going to go bury it because I'm not good enough. Apparently, you don't think I'm good enough. I had a, a pastor many, many years ago. I always loved this. I thought it was a very, very telling statement. He says, Recognize that comparison is the beginning of spiritual death. So let's be careful. Let's trust God. God, what have you entrusted me with? Help me to see and to recognize what you've entrusted to me. Help me to celebrate it. Recognize that none of us have been given all the gifts, okay? None of us. Got some really gifted people in our congregation, and none of us have all the gifts, and that's okay, we're not supposed to. Let's not resent one another's gifts. Let's celebrate them. Let's encourage them for the de- that they would be fully developed in every respect so that, that we would be all that God has created us to be as a church, honoring and glorifying Him and serving the community that He's placed us in. I would say this, instead of focusing on what God hasn't given you, which might is, is part of the result of, of comparison, focus on what God has entrusted to you. Let that be our focus and seek his guidance on how to improve and how to develop it. Make this a matter of prayer. Ask the Holy Spirit to give you laser sharp focus on what he is calling you to better steward. Maybe it's the development of a skill or an ability, or maybe it's time management or money management. We'll talk more about that. Last Sunday, on the first day of the year, I had some friends I pulled aside and said, hey, would you pray for me for this? I want you to pray for me that I would have laser sharp focus on the things that God is calling me to pick up this year and to discern that what I'm supposed to grab onto and hold onto and those things I'm supposed to lay down. Because One of the things I have learned is that I can be easily, easily distracted by good things. And so can you. That I would just be completely tuned in to what God is calling me to be about and what he's entrusted me to to grow, to become better and stronger in whatever that particular arena is. And for some of us this year, that's about a skill. For some of us, it's a, it's a, a relationship. For some of us, it's, it's about our physical health. No matter what it is, ask the Holy Spirit to give you guidance to help you discern what that is, because God loves us, and he is for us, and that's why he invites us to receive his joy for faithful stewardship rather than remorse and regret for wasted and lost opportunities. And that's what the end of this passage is about. And let me stress this this morning. This passage, this parable, is not about our spiritual justification, all right? We need to understand that. This is about the advancement of the kingdom of God. Our salvation is not based on how well we steward our gifts, okay? It's not a works thing. Our salvation is based on the singular work of Jesus and Him alone on the cross where He died to pay for my debt of sin and your debt of sin and the debt of sin for all of humanity. And my job in that is to receive that gift, to put my trust in Him as my Savior and my Lord, to to welcome His rule and reign into my life. These parables are about seeing God's kingdom grow, stewarding God's kingdom with our lives so that the world around us might experience more of of heaven here on earth through our obedience to God and our welcoming God's rule and reign. I do believe that this parable is an important reminder that we are to make the most of every opportunity to to grow and to develop all that God has entrusted to us So that we could see his kingdom grow throughout the earth. So that people can experience God's peace and his joy. And things can be set right in their lives. It's about restoring and making things right. So the end of the parable, it really should get our attention. These are some pretty tough things. Let me reread this. The master says, so take the bag of gold from him and give it to the one who has 10 bags for whoever has will be given more and they will have an abundance. Whoever does not have, even what they have will be taken from them and throw that worthless servant outside into the darkness where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. I believe this weeping and gnashing of teeth is all about a life of remorse and regret over lost and wasted opportunities. And maybe that's recognizing, God, you, 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 you were calling me, you were leading me into this area many years ago, but I was fearful. I was afraid of, of failure. Or I was afraid of what someone might think of me. God, I, I, I regret, I am remorseful over a marriage relationship or a relationship with a child that no longer exists because I chose my work over my relationship with these people that you entrusted to me as a spouse or as a parent. That's what it's about. And God doesn't want this for us, and neither do I. And that's what this series is all about, that we would be mindful of, God, you've entrusted me Maybe you've entrusted me with one talent. I want to celebrate that. I want to be tuned into what that talent is. And that goes back to part of what, why we do Growth Pathway is to help sit with you in a one-on-one conversation to say, okay, what, what are the things that, that you have acumen in? And what are the things that God's given you abilities and, and favor on? And what's your history with this? To, not to, you know, like a me pep rally or anything like that. It's just uh, acknowledging those things. God is good. God is gracious. He's generous. And he's given all of us. I don't care who you are. I don't care how worthless you feel today. God has given each one of us abilities and talents, and he's called us to use them for his honor and his glory and the well-being of others. He's done that. And he is doing that. And he calls us to be really, really good stewards of these things. And so this is the the thing that we began with I want to end with is we faithfully, And we creatively, that's part of the development process, is we faithfully and creatively steward God's gifts to us. We will see God's kingdom advanced in our world and we will experience his joy. And those are both really, really good things that I want all of us to experience. So let me invite you to stand with me this morning.